You are now listening to Pull Hook Golf, an unfiltered golf podcast taking you inside the ropes with unfiltered stories, insights, analysis, and exclusive interviews. Welcome back, everybody, to Pull Hook Golf, the podcast. I'm Matt Cook. This is Bobby Brown, and this is episode number 68. Whew. Bobby, I'd take a 68 right now. I mean, my goodness gracious. If you fire four 68s in Detroit this week, you're going to finish tied for 55th. Or are you even going to make the cut? Well, we'll yes. certainly talk about yeah, that. Yeah, you're going to make the cut. It's <laughs> par 72. You're going to make the cut. So on tonight's episode, we're going to go over the leaked partnership framework of the PGA Tour and the PIF. I like, I like to refer to them as PIF, the magic fund. You know, it's fun. <laughs> That's <And> pretty good. <laughs> with, with that, we also are going to go over clearly the Travelers Championship. And then yeah. uh, we got the Rocket Mortgage Classic uh, in Detroit. That's where Bobby's at this week, caddying for yes, SH Kim. Really yes. looking forward to uh, hearing about all of that. And then guess what, Bobby? One of our what? favorite things ever. Live Golf has an event and it's happening in Valderrama. All of a sudden, I just woke up and I was dozing off 15 minutes Heck yeah. ago. And we get to Who do our know? golf picks, but yes. louder segment. <laughs> and yeah. then at the yeah. end, we will certainly talk about this leaked framework and what it all means. So I broke it all down. I went through it all. I got some key takeaways and we'll be okay. covering all of that, Bobby. I'll bring you right up to speed, hey, okay? Right. Yeah, now, I do. That's not my specialty, as you know. <laughs> you're, <laughs> as you like to say, you're a caddy. Right. I'm a caddy, man. So, <laughs> I'm a caddy. But you're a, a good caddy, numbers bro. guy. Good, well, good you numbers know, every guy. Once in a while. If you need meters or the metric system, Bobby's got you covered. Quick thinker. Yeah. And Imperial too. So yeah. You know, that's got to be worth something out there nowadays. Well, Bobby, let's start off with last week's sure. Travelers Championship, Keegan Bradley. What what do you <sighs> what's your takeaway there with Keegan? I mean, he just ran away with everything, you know. 23 under par, he won by three. I think he had a six shot lead with Six to go. Um, started tweaking a little bit, and uh, it <laughs> isn't it weird when he gets tweaking like that. Well, I mean, he's always <laughs> tweaking, but I really noticed it on thirteen. I could do a pretty good imitation. The screen's not big enough, but I got his image. I could do a pretty good Keegan, a really good Keegan. You might actually. have to send that to me. You might have to have uh, one SH of these days. I'll do it. Film I, it. Fuck, I don't drink anymore, <laughs> but I got a quick couple strong IPAs in me. I could do a quick. I did it for him once. He actually liked it. He gave it an eight. So um, uh, I was an super. I, yeah, he gave it That's an eight. Solid. That's pretty good. Scale yeah. one to ten, not to one, not to one to a hundred. So it was the Keegan Bradley show. He got a little tweaky late. Six shot lead. You know, even with the six shot lead with six to go, I was waiting for, you know, something to happen because I, I don't want to say he's a little bit fragile, but he's a little bit different under pressure. And he, you know, he starts moving around and geeking and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's hard for him to get set. He is a high energy high energy guy and a high energy momentum player. And he showed a lot of momentum last week. He actually thrashed this, you know, he thrashed this golf course. Cantley put up, you know, if Cantley doesn't hit it, Cantley hits a great shot on 16 right on the par three and just skips over. And it's pretty not good back there. You see, you see bogeys and double bogeys back there. And he missed a, missed a putt for, I think he missed a putt for, for par there. And then he stopped one, a three footer or a four footer on 18, just to kind of like, like give, Keegan something to think about because you could tell Keegan was like let's get this over with and get it to the house but it was you know it was great for Keegan I mean he is I wouldn't say he's a, he's a hometown hero he's not a hometown guy you know he's from Mass obviously it's very it's very close but he gets you know he gets a lot of fan support out here I mean he's probably 
he attracts more people this week than it, anybody else does. I don't mean ticket sales wise compared to maybe Scotty or John Rahm or, or who have you, but you know, it was a, it was a big win for him. God, he's playing some good golf, right? He, he won Zozo back there during the fall and now he's got this. And I got to think, I haven't looked at the standings, but you know, that Ryder cup team would be, and that locker room would be a better place with him for sure, because he brings um, high spirit and he's very proud and, and he's, he's been in those shoes before. And let's be honest, ever since he went to um, his, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now for his putting guy, Phil Kenyon. And he is like a really good putter right now, which is, strange for Keegan because he's battled over the years. So, you know, I was pretty stoked to see it because I'm kind of, I'm pretty close with him. He had his little boys there and he had his wife with him. And um, that was really cool to see that celebration at the end. You know, I know, I know her pretty good and I know him really, really good. And I never knew that she was, um, uh, that Carlton Fisk was her uncle. Yeah. I didn't either until the broadcast. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Until the broadcast. I just read, I just heard that a couple days ago. So that was kind of cool. I mean, to and tell then you the his truth, aunt. I, I actually didn't know about the aunt. About Pat, where have you been living? Under I a know. rock? Pat, under Pat under a rock. Yeah. Wow. Uh, under a rock. He was his dad was his class A ran a course, you know, somewhere in Well, I knew that. I knew his dad yeah. was a PGA yeah. professional. Bre- now he's out Bre- west. He's bred to be a champion, right? I mean, it bred really to be a is. champion and twenty million dollar purse. I mean, that's three point six million dollars. Um you know, Cantley had obviously Cantley had a great week. He made, well, that's he, what he I wanted that. to talk about. Patrick Cantley, yeah. if he sticks that shot because he went flag hunting on 16 and that's, that's the one yeah. that, that took the hardest that's bounce that we saw me. all day yeah. and yeah. bounced yeah. all the way to the back. And then he had a crappy second shot I and then missed honest, that putt. Honestly, he was probably two paces from, from somewhat of a kick in, in birdie there because you Agreed. can't see on TV, but anything you land pin high on that flag right there, the back, the, um, that golf course has a lot of backs of the greens and certain and corners that turn quite a bit down grain, you know? So if you land it, pick up pin high, it's going to kick over the back. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, he was posing on it. I'm pretty sure he stuffed on 17 too. He almost had a kick in on 17. And then, you know, if he makes par on 16 and it gets a kick in on 17. And then if he makes that birdie putt on 18, all of a sudden he's sitting at, at 22 under par, you know, and Keegan only finished at 23, only at 23. Right. I was, I was laughing because 19 under was the score last year. And I didn't, you know, we've had 15, 16 win it numerous years past. And, and honestly, we got some rain and it never firmed up. It was soft the whole time. I mean, if you drove it in the fairway, obviously you were taking dead aim at everything because the greens were holding quite well, but if you hit it in the rough, you could get, you know, you, you, you could get struck, you know, you could get stressed out if you, go flag hunting out of the rough and you get short-sighted. That's how you make bogeys out there. How do I know this? Because I experienced it the last hour and 30 minutes with my man, S.H. Kim. Yeah, what happened there, Bobby? You You guys were looking in good shape. We got a bad wave. (laughs) 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 That's what everybody says, right? We got a bad wave. I mean, we did, you know, I'd be interesting to see what the wave draws were because we went out early on Thursday and it wasn't easy. It was cold. It was cold and it was a little bit windy for the first two, two and a half hours. And man, he just looked great. I mean, he shot four under, he looked like he was in complete control of his, his game. To be honest with you, I was, I I was a little, I was a little surprised, you know, that he missed this cut because I thought he was just in, in cruise control. And then, you know, we started on the pack on, on Friday and made a nice, you know, nice par to get into the round, which 10 is a pretty good hole. And 11 is a really short par three. And he pulled, he missed a green with a pitching wedge. So, and got just what I told you, got in the rough short sided on the left and didn't make a putt. And, you know, and then, 
and then kind of got aggressive and we would been hitting three wood on 12 all week and kind of wanted to force one down there and he forced one down there but long story short he made par there then he birdied 13 then he birdied 14 so we got to five under right not that you're like close to lead or anything but you're i guess we we're anywhere from t25 to t29 then he stopped one on 15 missed it stuffed one hit a beautiful shot on 16 stopped it and miss it hit it to like 15 feet on 17 missed it had 76 meters which is like 83 yards on 18 got a seed off down there and you're like oh this is going to be within 10 feet and he kind of came out of kind of came out of one and had it 20 feet and everything was fine. And then we got to one tee and it really started raining really hard. And he hit this little, still in control, this little control, cold, uh, controlled cut driver down there. That was just a, that, that's why I like this guy so much. He hits shots, right. For the elements and everything like that. And, you know, and he stopped one in there to like six feet and missed that. And then he shanked a two iron on number two up the hill, a pretty easy, Hole and wait, you shank know. just like a hard, yeah. I asked, shank, I asked him if he shanked it, not during the fucking round, ladies and gentlemen. Oops, there's the first F bomb of the day. <laughs> um, uh, not during the round, I didn't ask him, but like a couple days later, I go, What happened? Did you shank that? And he goes, like Oh, half shank, just half, only half shank. <laughs> yeah, he caught, you know? caught some face, just a little bit of hustle. <laughs> And then made and then made bogey. And I'm still not tripping out, drove it in the rough, got a jumper on three, you know, short sided himself, made another bogey, went flag hunting on four, which is the best hole on the course, went down the slope, made another bogey. And then the next thing you know, you know, we're playing six, we're playing number six, I think at three under. And the, we know the cut's going to be four because we're one of the early groups. We're like the second group off in that wave, Matt. And, uh, Went driver two iron just short on this par five and chipped it up there to about eight or nine feet and didn't make that. And then that now it's stress, right? So now you got, you know, seven, Big eight, nine stress. are not, yeah, seven, eight, nine are not the easiest holes. I mean, seven's a little dog leg, right? But they got a bunch of fescue on the left. And honestly, now that I think about it, I probably should have sold, I, I should have done a better job of maybe getting him to hit three wood there. He hit it in the left rough both times. But one day yeah, I got a gap wedge in and one day you have a pitching wedge in. So he went after this flag on seven and short sided himself long, made bogey, stuffed an eight iron. We had to go birdie birdie, stuffed an eight iron on eight to like seven feet and and didn't make it. And it's just I felt like if he'd have made those pots on fifteen or sixteen, we probably I told him yesterday, I go, we probably would have topped twenty. But he never lost his shit. He was grinding and and trying hard. That's I good. mean you yeah, you look at our scorecard, you see we bogeyed nine, but we had to, you know, it's not a drivable hole, but if you take it over these houses, it's it's a risky drive. Anything can happen, but you can also get one, you know, 20 yards in short in front of the green. And that was probably our best way to make Eagle, honestly. And he hit it some high fescue. But, you know, I, I got him to come out Saturday. You know, he's not afraid to work. And, you know, I spent all Friday night like going through his stats. I'm like, this guy is so good. What can, I can't really pinpoint what needs to be improved other than the fact that he doesn't, for as good as he drives it and as long as he is, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't hit that close to the hole, but his swing is, you're like, ah, oh, he does, you know, his iron game's got to be good with that kind of accent. Then I start pulling up his stats and, and did some in-depth stuff and had a stat guy, Hunter Stewart, look at some stuff. And it's, you know, he is for being, I'm going to say we're 71 on the points list now as a rookie, which is pretty, pretty successful, even if it ended today, but we were 68 during the week. And I just thought that his stats iron wise, he is you know, proximity to the hole is not as good to match up the game. So we had a little like board meeting on the, on the range Saturday and I go, I'm just going to make a deal with you. Just give me 30 minutes on Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays to just 
dial in some numbers and not do so much how the swing is feeling and that kind of stuff, but to kind of do what DJ did some years ago and work on the wedge game. Right. So we kind of address that. And guys got the um, track man out there or what? Yeah. He's got the quad, you, you know, he's GC got the quad. quad. Yeah. And he, he likes looking at the quad, but I mean, when you have a big driving range, <clears throat> that's a real good practice facility. Like we did at travelers. I like seeing them go at flag sticks. You know what I mean? We sure. know how far they are. And, uh, um, I wouldn't say I'm old school, but but it's something to me where where I feel like you need a a, a target and you're like hitting a shot, you know, to a flag. So we're well, you, you know, can we still seven, do that, Bobby. You just yeah. got to turn the damn GC quad. No, he looks at that, <laughs> and then he would he would. We're trying to get a half swing, a three quarter swing, and memorize and memorize the numbers. And and after he hits a couple, I can kind of. You know, we were playing a game like he would hit the shot and I would tell him how far I wanted to hit it to a certain flag and he would hit the shot. And then I kind of guess, you know, if he was close and he was always within two or three on the range. So, you know, so we're just going to, you know, he wasn't bummed out. Uh, I mean, a lot of guys would get frustrated. It's late in the year. But I think, you know, I walked around all last week. I wasn't really thinking about travelers in general, but I could just tell by the way he was carrying himself and the way we're kind of clicking and I'm getting him to talk a lot and loosen up out there. And I just have this feeling that something good is going to happen to him in the next few weeks. And I don't know why I keep thinking it's John Deere, but I went through the same scenario in 2011 with Kyle Stanley, when you have a rookie and you help them, not that I've helped this kid blossom that much, but I'm a new element to him. And I just see so many parallels between him and Kyle Stanley and Kyle Stanley had a chance to win that John Deere in 2011. So we'll see. I mean, I hope it's, didn't Jordan Spieth win the John Deere in his rookie year? Uh, he did. Yeah, that was his first. That was his first one. I think that was Bryson's first win. Uh, you know, his rookie it's year. A great I could be golf wrong. course to be a first yeah, it time is. winner. It's you know, it is. They do a great job, John Deere. It is a great golf course for a first time winner. Michael Kim, JT Post, and I'm not even going through. You know, it was the time where Zach Johnson and Strick dominated for so many years, and then all of a sudden, you know, now all of a sudden these rookies start popping up. So, you know, part of it has to do with. It's a week before going over to Europe. Historically, it always been the week before the British Open. So they don't they don't get the caliber of field that they deserve. I mean, when you think it used to be the joke, oh, you want John Deere, you have to go play John Deere. But now it's got some it's got respect if you've been out here for a while because it is a golf course. You do have to get low, but you can get in some big trouble too. Just like last week at Travelers, I know everybody's like, you know, we'll talk about Rory's comments later. But you know, you got to shoot so many under par but if you get just the slightest bit off you are under heavy stress so we'll see how it goes i hope i hope it goes great this week you know we had we've had tons of rain here am i jumping too far ahead into detroit yeah yeah i mean let's let's pump the brakes there bobby brown yeah let me do well i'll run down the traveler's leaderboard like i always do because it's written right in front of me and i can't mess it up (laughs) i wrote it myself for the record brian Harmon, your guy showing Showing sparks, you know, 20 under. That's your guy. Two. That's that is my guy. He is officially back. He's back on form. Zach Blair, 999 million to one to make the cut. And he makes the cut and he finishes T2 and almost fulfills his um medical obligation. I think he just has to make one more cut in a certain amount of tournaments and yep. he's back. But how about that, man? You stumble in and finish second, a $20 million purse. And I, I know, know if he had a- finished second alone, he would have yeah. met Are you that right? requirement. I heard that. Yeah. I heard that. I heard that. Cantley obviously should have been second, but he missed that short birdie putt on mm. 18. It must have been three feet or three and a half feet. I don't even think it hit the it was hole. A par I should. What? No. Yeah. Was it? Uh huh. So he was he it? missed the green to the left. What and then am he, I on right now? He putted up to about what was it four four or five feet, and then missed that mm. short putt. Okay. You just okay. missed that in between. 
Okay. Well, scratch everything I said there for 10 minutes about him burning 18, everybody. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about tonight. Apparently, I'm a little off my game. 17, he stuck it, and he should have made that putt. And he missed the one on 17. Okay, I got him. Okay, I got him messed up. I got the part about him bogeying 16 and hit it long, right? That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's just go back to something I know about. Scotty Scheffler (laughs) finishing in the top 12, finishes fourth at 19 under with Cantlay, with Ches Reeby, who I honestly thought was going to give Keegan somewhat of a battle because Ches loves this course. Um, he won in 2019. Coincidentally, him and Keegan were paired in the last group in 2019. Kind of a horses for courses place out here, to tell you the truth. I mean, Xander played, you know, Xander played pretty good T19. He I was watched, I watched um uh there's a hotel. I flew out early Monday morning, 6 a.m. And there's a Sheraton uh, attached to the Hartford oh. airport. You literally walk 40 yards if you've been here before. And so That's I fancy watched. fancy for you, Bobby. Yeah, it is fancy. Schmamp, marry up on boy points, bro. Oh, Come on. There you Just go. Get it. I'm not putting out any whip on that. I'm <laughs> burning points. But I was watching God just laying in bed in my hotel room, doing being an absolute loser eating food and i walked clicked on the uh featured groups of sung jay and xander so i got to see every shot xander probably made like 10 birdies and shot like four under or five under but you know he, he is xander and, and a top 20 is i mean a top 20 a 20 million dollar person is great i don't know if it's great for him rory had a good week t7 minus 18 um denny mccarthy is he gonna win thank or god later you or said not? that because yeah. denny mccarthy is an absolute stud he, he is, is a stud Yes. It's not just the putting. It's the no. ball striking. I always yeah. rave about the putting, but it, it's the ball striking. Well, he does have the nicest putting stroke on tour. I mean, that yeah, thing by far. goes yeah, so end the, over end right yeah. from the start. It's fun to get paired with him because when you get paired with him, you know what a great putter is, but you 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 forget about what a great ball striker is. But, but every putt, getting back to your point, looks like it has a chance to get in. So he, like I said before, you know, he's He's starting to get in these positions and probably get comfortable with him. He he does if, if he makes a mistake, he has a hard time. I wouldn't say he's goes into a dark place for a while, but he has a hard time for a few minutes regathering himself and and refocusing. Um, this could be That's the because he was a basketball player. Yeah, exactly. Did you see that video of him where he took the other players out to the gym? He didn't miss a three pointer, dude. If you, well, hang on a second. He's not the tallest guy in the world, and he played in college. So he's dude. He's like five ten. He's like five nine or five ten. He was a point guard. He was a shooter, man. He was all state too. (laughs) But yeah, shooter, shoot. He didn't miss in that. He did not miss in that competition. Reemergence of JT Justin Thomas. You remember him? He has not been playing well. Yeah, and and you know what's funny about that? He was on a couple times on the uh, broadcast. They kept showing uh, a couple great shots here and there. And you know what I? I know what I heard. What f bomb? No, a lot less talking between him and Bones. Oh, really? There was Maybe not a- nearly as much dialogue before the shots or anything like that. It was basically, "Hey, here's your number. Go up and hit it." Maybe I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to comment on that. To tell you the truth, maybe. Maybe he was playing so well that there's not a lot of conversation. You, you usually have more conversation when you're when the guy's not playing well, right? You want to be a little bit more precise or keep him in there. Food for th- something. It's food for thought, but may or maybe they had a little power and they're like, hey, maybe we need to keep it a little more simpler or something like that. But he didn't play great the first day. He shot even the first day, and 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 then he went crazy the the next two days. And I think he shot four or five under the last day to finish at seventeen under. So good for him, Minwoo Lee. 
I mean, you got to think this guy's going to kind of win sooner or later. I'm not so sure it's going to be this year. He's like I said in the past, he's a little flamboyant out there, but it's no coincidence that he seems to show up in the, the, the ones that he's in contention are these big ones, right? Are these, you know, the players, the U S open, he played great. This is a $20 million purse. Um, you know, he just seems to be one of those guys that shows up for the big one. So I think when he pops his cherry, it's probably going to be in something that is not a John Deere field, so to speak. I think it's going to be something bigger than that. He's getting a lot of experience right now, championship yeah, experience, he and he's doing yeah, really yeah. well. Yeah, and so, you know, he's, you're spot on. He's, he's been a, you know, ever since he won the Scottish Open a couple of years ago, he's been a world class. He's been a, everybody's kind of known about him and his enormous length off the tee and his hands and his ability to just be an athlete and hit different shots. But I think he's going to pop pretty soon. There's another kid that I've, I've talked a few times about um uh, alex smalley he finished in the top 10 again i think this kid's got a t- ton of game i shouldn't say kid it's his second or third year on tour and i look for i think he's going to do something good i don't know if it's going to be this year or if it's going to be next year but i look for alex smalley there's another guy that's been playing good from Oki state that's a rookie out here this year austin ekro do you know that name yep. he's i kind of raved about him i think he made his debut here last year if i'm not mistaken but he has also been on form throwing up a bunch of top 10s 15s and and 25 so that's just some some things to name about uh, to think about uh ricky had another good week t13 hideki t13 at 16 under cam young t15 is a good finish for him now i guess it is recently because i feel like this is his best finish in four or five tournaments would you agree with that since the masters yeah. And it almost seemed like the masters wore him out and then he just yeah. has looked tired and he's yeah. not in sync. And that's yeah. the tough thing with his golf swing, with how hard he hits that ball. And with yeah. that, that separation yeah. between hips to upper body in transition, because that's where the pause is huge for him. But yeah. if his hips go too fast and he gets a little bit out of sync, he's got similar issues as Gordon Sargent, where the hips yeah. go too fast and then the arms can't catch up. Fair Tiger enough. had that problem early on. Yeah. And it's just yeah. one of those things to where, yeah, he needs to kind of get back into the groove, get comfortable again, get that swing in sync. And I think that's probably he's trending in the right way. And he played well, well here last year at uh, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. So I don't think he's playing this week, though. I'm he's pretty not? sure he's off. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's playing this week. Okay. He's definitely, yeah, he's not playing this week. I don't think he needs to anymore, to tell you the truth. But I guess my point was for, you know, he was such a force for, for so long. And I then, think he'll be back. You know, I think he'll, yeah, well, he's too good. He will be back. But when you go off form for four or five weeks like that, it just, it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a head scratcher. T29 for Sung Jay, Willie Wilcox on the bag, made his debut. That's why I wanted to watch it because I wanted to watch Willie out there when I watched the feature group. And Willie is definitely a good greens reader. Um, Sung Jay said he had a meet in there. It's got to be great to have tour player, you know, two guys that are, you call tour players reading, reading greens, you know, so he made some putts, but you know, T29 for Sung Jay. First time ever that Sung Jay's been out this time of year that Sung Jay's been outside the top 30. I think he's, you know, 32nd or 33rd. I'm sure he's thinking about it. I'm sure he's feeling it a little bit. Usually he is between seven and 13 at this time of the year. And he's a mathematical lock for the tour championship. So we'll have to keep our eye on Sung Jay and see how he does. How's our boy Lance doing? Is he doing all right? Yeah, he came, he, he, he's back working for the young guy. That's got a lot of talent. Brandon Wu. He swooped right into Brandon Wu's. Yeah, right. Well, not really, because one of my best friends was on Brandon Wu's back in oh, seventh grade year. Terrible. <laughs> um, uh, David Straza. But Lance is connected to that to that instructor, Jeff Smith, that I've had a few cho- choice words about. Oh, so yeah. that's a little a, a little deal there that is not 
listen, Lance is a good, great friend of mine, blah, 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 blah. But there's, you know, there's, you know, there's some guys that think that, that, I don't, how do I say this? You know, cause if Lance hears this, I don't want him to offend him, but I, I'm not saying this any negatively. There, there's a few caddies out here that, that's like, Oh, this, you know, Lance backdoor Strezer or something like that, which we told the whole story, how Lance found out he got fired via Twitter from Willie. So, you yeah. know, I'll put, I'll put an end to that room. But so guys are like talking and that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, Lance doesn't like anybody talking about him. And we, we talked the other day and I'm like, ah, fuck everybody, you know, just go do your thing and be a caddy and that kind of stuff. So he's bouncing right back with Brandon with this week's so, well. So, you know, we'll see well, good news. How and bad he does. News. <laughs> yeah, good, good news for Lance, bad news for your buddy. Yeah good news and good news and bad news. So, um, I'm trying to think if there was any other caddy changes. Akshay Batia fired a guy a few weeks ago, uh, hired a guy named Dino. We call him Dino. He's from Europe. He actually has been out here for a long time, but he was in the early stages with Yako with Joaquin Neiman. And then he had to take a white, uh, we hope you're breaking up for just a second, Bobby, uh, must be our zoom connection there. Here's, and with um are you back oh you're back perfect your video is yeah. not back you but you're froze. back. oh there we go okay gotcha gotcha it's not my I, i'm not uh i'm everything's good here you froze i'm gonna blame <laughs> you anyways i was gonna tell you akshay batia's got a new guy on the bag a guy named brian dilly who has been working for aaron wise and i think aaron wise is struggling with some stuff upstairs and he's not really into golf right now. And he's taking some um, time off to refresh refresh his, himself. So that's about it from Travelers. Well, but I go. will say this. I got to say this. There's no better tournament if you're a player or a caddy the way that the Travelers Championship takes care of you. The food, the way they look out for you. Do you need anything? It is absolutely the top of the line on the PGA Tour. And I just felt like I had to say that. Love that. Yeah. There you go. Now we're in well, Bobby. No, oh, we're, we're not. We're not yet because there was a oh, penny bet. Oh, I was trying to get right by that. Why don't you let everybody know what you thought took place? Well, when I thought you were took coming place into this because, episode, because when you're counting a twenty million dollar purse, you don't worry about these goddamn little ten dollar bets. That man, it just seems to be have such an <laughs> ego over right now. But he took Patrick Cantlay, really hard pick there to take, and I went all week thinking that I had Scotty Scheffler. So when Cantlay missed that putt, I thought I stumbled into a tie. And the only thing that Scheffler has in common with the guy that I apparently took Shoffley is both of their names start with an S and they're both really good. But Matt beat me again. He is now up 7,000 pennies and he owns the C1 Kim card, which means I could be in big trouble. But we do have Liv coming back at Valderrama this week. So anybody could finish last. My Don't people give away any me. spoilers mid-episode here. That's no spoiler. That's fact. <laughs> Jack, that's fact. So Matt's Matt's throttling me. Oh, it seemed like just yesterday I was down to like a thousand pennies or two. No, you got pennies. up a thousand pennies at one point. It seems like just yesterday <laughs> I got up a thousand pennies. It was just about <laughs> yesterday, and then about eight weeks straight, you just right back to the L. Yeah, I mean, side? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm right I'm, back to the L. I, I would like to say that I'm pretty good at this, but I mean, yeah. you're pretty good at it too when you well, uh, put your mind to you're, it. You're better. <laughs> You're definitely better. I was well, thinking I about going. 
I was thinking about throwing up a, a loopy one out this week, but I don't want to be down 8,000 pennies and I got enough pressure yeah, on you, me to get you, this you, guy you into the don't. playoffs. That's for sure. So have we, are we in Detroit now? Or are we oh, we're Detroit? so close to Detroit. Okay. We're so close. What about Rory McIlroy's comments about the golf course getting passed by? Mm, I think Mother Nature had a lot to do with that when it got softened up and you have – you know, you, you have the best field that you've ever had at the Travelers Championship before. So I was I surprised to hear those comments. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised because everything he seems he says seems to be spot on and super intelligent. But I don't I don't know if he said it with a full head of steam or not. But I mean, with this this golf course is good. And if you, unfortunately you can't control Mother Nature. And honestly, if you can if, if you get through a week out here and we've had it before with no rain or anything like that and they get these these fairways moving firm and fast it's stress and that's when 14 or 15 under win so it's nothing wrong with having a 23 under champion every once in a while you know we're going to see it at john we're going to see it this week in detroit for sure 23 might not even win and we're going to see it right around that number in john deere next week so this is just the time of year where you know we're getting away from golf courses that are super hard yeah. you know they're just they're just not that super hard and these guys are super super good and getting better and last time I I remember, putting is a pretty big uh, part of yeah. golf, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of fun to see guys like Ches Reevy and Brian Harmon. Really, and Brian yeah. Harmon does really well on some of those big courses too. Yeah. So I'm not saying that he doesn't play well, but it he gives does. him a better opportunity when he's got some of these shorter golf courses. And I yeah. did find it ironic that the just played the U.S. Open. USGA was there and they're the ones that want to roll back the golf ball. And wasn't Rory in favor of rolling back the golf ball? I'm not sure if he was or not to tell you the truth. I, I think he was because he... he said that if they roll back the golf ball, that even in tournaments that, uh, I forget what, exactly what he said, but he would play that golf ball no matter what. Interesting. Interesting. I did not, I did not see that one, but I don't know if rolling back the golf ball is a bigger thing is, mother nature you know and mother nature has a habit of dictating scores as we will see this week in detroit am, too so. are you noticing this that i'm fighting yeah. the sunlight here what is so that that yeah. is coming straight out of, of, of a window and i am just battling it right now so if anybody's waiting. watching the youtube version of this yes. i am battling the sun this is you know, when we do the earlier broadcast, Bobby, I, I got sun issues out here, but I'm I'll make sorry. sure for the next one that we're good okay. uh, on that yeah. side of things. But now we can finally yes. get to what you want to talk about, which is our preview Detroit. of the upcoming Detroit Rocket Mortgage yep. Classic. Yep. Great old school, 100 year old golf course with really good poana greens and you know there's it's bent grass fairways with a bunch of poe mixed in we get some rough and that kind of stuff i'll back up till to sunday they had a major storm come through here and i'm pretty sure a little mini tornado touched down on this golf course because we got an alert um monday or sunday excuse me sunday night that the golf course was going to be closed on monday and they would make an announcement um, all the facilities were closed till noon. It's an old clubhouse. It's an old building. They lose they lose power quite fast, and um, they didn't open the golf course until about one thirty. They only opened eight holes, eleven through eighteen. It was still raining all day yesterday. It is soaking wet out here. They had hundreds of years old 
oak trees fall down all over the place. It it's, looks quite different in some spots. There's, there's still crews out there doing cleanup right now, but they're going to shoot the lights off of this thing, man. They are literally going to shoot the lights off of this thing. It's going to be high 20s. Somebody could get the third... Third, somebody could get to 30 under. I mean, all these par fives are hittable out here, except for kind of maybe the first one on the front side, which I want to say is number four is 635. And when it's, they don't move that tee up. No, I don't think anybody's getting home or anybody's going to try from 635, but it's just soaking wet. I mean, I think the big thing that we focused on today is you get a lot of wedges in here and it's a, a lot of slopes in these greens and sections. Then there's a lot of spin. So we really focused for two and a half hours today on hitting, you know, controlling, piercing shots that aren't going to spin they were still spinning a lot so i think they're just going to shoot the eyeballs off of it it is a good it's a it's another pretty good field i mean it's not as good as last week but you got jt is playing this year obviously ricky's playing this year it's one of his sponsors um tom kim um keegan max homa hideki sung jay couple college stars are playing. Um, Ludwig Auberg is obviously still in the field off the of PGA Tuner University. Gordon Sargent got a spot this week as an amateur. Um, there's a kid that that uh, we talked about him, Ross Steelman from G-Tech, from Georgia Tech, who kind of gave away nationals. Um, he's got a spot in this week. So they're just going to, you know, it's going to it's gonna help to hit it a long way, and it's going to help to hit it straight. They're very generous fairways. There's a couple that you really got to pay attention to. But we went out and played that 11 through 18 yesterday and got – pummeled in the rain i mean we made it through four holes and we literally were standing in the middle of this fairway with um with one of the nicholas hojgaard and we're like do we go in do we not go in and we stood we stood there for 45 minutes hoping it was clear it never did and it's just going to be it's going to be it's going to be a birdie fest i don't even want to think what the cuts are what the cut's going to be but it's probably going to be a minimum of four under and it could be five or six somewhere around there. I haven't given it much thought, but it's a great old school golf course. Um, it's not, honestly, it's not in the greatest area. Um, you know, it's off, it's close to seven mile, the famous eight mile drive and that kind of stuff. So there's not, you know, there's, you know, there's no economy here or anything like that. And I'm fortunate enough to stay downtown at the, at the MGM this week. A lot of us are here and we're just kind of all spread out all over and, you know, we're waiting, we're really waiting for the week to start, to tell you the truth. I'm sure that um, somebody somebody out here is going to play really, really good and not probably be within five shots of the lead, to tell you the truth. So we'll see how it goes, man. I'm excited to get it started, to tell you the, guy, the truth. I know we missed a cut last week. My guy's swinging good. He's controlling his golf ball, and it's always great to get – you know, it's always great to get a fresh start out here, you know, and I've had some experience here and he basically whipped her a quick nine on the front side today. And uh, like I said, we were working on controlling irons and all that kind of stuff and got a look at the golf course and, and it's just soaking wet and they are going to rip this place up. I absolutely love to hear it because I, truth be told, I like this little stretch of some of these shorter golf courses that do get right. eaten up a little bit. You get to yep. watch some really good putters and some ball strikers, right? Yeah. And that leads me into my next point, which is that has nothing to do with my previous comments, but pretty good segue here in uh, my case where uh, the error quality is absolutely horrible. Yeah. So what's going on there, Bobby? I so, mean, well, you did you see it today? I did. I did see it. I told you before we got on, I saw it today and it's funny. We were finishing up today and I was with another caddy, Pepsi Steve, and we were in a shuttle going back to where caddy parking is. And I'm like, man, it looks like it is just going to absolutely, I can't figure out if it's going to pour or it looked like a, 
a day that I grew up playing Little League in Southern California at 12 years old, and they canceled it due to a smog uh, alert. fourth stage smog alert. And then Matt told me it was because these fires are still going up here in Canada. And it is, it's funny, I'm looking out the window now, it's dark, but I mean, I looked out the window 45 minutes ago, and then it's still just, it's disgusting. I had no idea. I thought it was cloud cover, to tell you the truth. Funny why I have this tiny little cough that I've had for the last two days, too. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Probably. Possibly. I mean, it was the worst air quality <laughs> in uh, the U.S. this year, which I know. Remember yeah. the all the photos and everything of when it was going over New York City? And yeah. it was. It looks like doomsday. Yeah. Is that what yeah. it kind of looked like out there in Detroit? Yeah, it what? does. It's a, it, yeah, a little it's a orangey. Little, it's, a, it's a little grayish. It's got a little okay. grayish orange tone to it you you know it's funny i thought with all these fires and these storms are well all these storms around here all these rain not the fires that you know i didn't didn't even think about that but i forgot to tell you everybody had travel problems yesterday i think it was one of the worst days to travel in the united states especially on the east coast so i got out of there at six o'clock in the morning i think i guys on my flight were the only ones to get here on monday i can't tell you how many tour players some jay included had to had their flights canceled had to rent a car at hartford and drive what what you think is a 10 hour drive but with all the rain everybody was telling me it was a stressful 12 13 hours truckers going everywhere and that kind of stuff so i still don't think that's enough to keep the scores down but it was Probably stressful not. for yeah it was stressful for everybody so you know hopefully we'll hopefully that we'll get rid of this bad Whatever it is, the haze sitting out there reminds me like a movie or something like that, you know, the way it looks. So hopefully it should be better. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Keep my fingers Fingers crossed. crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as we move beyond the Rocket Mortgage Classic, oh, wait a second. I forgot. We have penny bets first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're the champion. I am going to go first. And with my penny bet for the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit, Michigan, I yes. am going to go with, oh, I'm heading back. I'm headed. I'm going old school here, Bobby. I'm <coughs> going Tommy Kim. Good old Tommy Kim. Let's go, baby. Yeah, I, I'm, okay, I'm going to take Sung Jay. It's going to be a Korean yes. showdown. <laughs> yeah, just because he did that. I knew you were going to take him. You know how good he played here last year, too. And he is, you know, he got off form for a little bit. He's, he's you know, I, he hasn't been playing great for him. Obviously, he went out and played a pretty decent week last week. Nothing nothing special, but we we'll keep looking for him to pop up because this is really where he popped up last year here in Minnesota. This was the time of year that he got it going. So that's that's quite a good pick. And I think, you know, Sungjae finished in T29 last week. It looks like he's swinging great. Willie can read some greens. Um, usually when a new caddy comes in for Sungjae, as we know in the past, he seems to play good those first three or four weeks. And uh, I'm just going to go with the, let's go with the Korean showdown i love i can't it. forget i won't we forget went with the best one. friends last week now we're going with mm-hmm. the koreans this week i love it yep 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 we're going with the koreans this week beautiful well what else now got? let's move beyond the rocket mortgage classic okay. and let's talk a little bit about one of the guys that you really like however yeah. he was destroyed in a recent article by Eamon lynch or Eamon yeah. Lynch. I've, I don't know how to say his first name Eamon, 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 Eamon. um but he had an article analyzing the Patrick Cantlay coup. Now, a good old coup d'etat, he said, and he discussed in that, that Patrick Cantlay is trying to take out Jay Monahan and destroy this entire PGA Tour PIF deal. I mean, did you see that article? I re- yeah, Well, number one, that's news to me because I did see the article and I never heard anything before that. And 
you know, I'm out here every single day. So this coup, this coup is not like what just happened in Russia. I don't think it's got that much steam to tell you the truth because I just heard about it. And usually you hear some, some kind of gossip on the range or something like that. I mean, those, those, you know, my guy's a bigger play superstar in training right now, but those bigger players play practice rounds together. You know, they kind of buddy up and everything. And, and that could be the whole, you know, his whole core group of guys, but I don't think it really trickled down to, you know, out if you're outside the top 20 or top 30 in the world. So it was news to me. I'm curious. How does Eamon Lynch, what is Eamon Lynch's job? Does he just, is he just a shit stirrer or a shit talker or I, I don't, I don't, if you read the Golf him. Week I, articles back yeah. when Live Golf like first came out and they, their first season and everything, that's exactly yeah. what he did. I mean, he was a okay. pot stir. Now he's that's on the Golf Channel, now. and yeah, I, yeah, I don't know who his sources are. That's one of the great things about writers and yeah. the media. And I can't stand it when people go, and we do it too. But it's, but at least. When we do it, it's not stuff like this to where we're absolutely destroying somebody to go, yeah. oh, and per my sources, that yeah. drives me nuts because it's like, just come out and say, like, who told you this? How do you right. know about this? Right. What, is, what is your backing to it? And that's where I'm not quite sure because Patrick Cantley doesn't really seem <coughs> to me, other than remember when we reported last year that he was going to be taking over Phil's team on live golf. Well, and he was yeah, really he, flirting with that whole thing. He flew down to Miami and had a dinner with Phil. He met a couple times. It was, was see, I never heard about this, but I heard about all of that kind of stuff too, which, which is a, which is a head scratcher to me. You know, I don't, I don't really know. It was complete news to me. Like I said, my, maybe he's, you know, I think, I mean, there was an agent buddy of mine that was hanging around Travelers last week, and we got into a real in-depth conversation about Liv. And I never really pinpointed, I never put him against the wall on any questions, but I, I fired out some aggressive questions just did for him to give me his opinion or his theory, and I would share my theories with him. And and we went over some Liv stuff, and you know, and I think there's some agents out there. I'm not going to mention any names, Mark Steinberg, but I think there's some agents out there that passed you know, on some guys not taking the live money. And now they're not very happy that these live guys might be able to come back. That's a whole different topic, but you know, I just, it's crazy. I mean, nobody knows what's going on right now to tell you the truth for Eamon Lynch to fire that out. I almost feel like that's almost detrimental to the PGA tour, the way he, that he writes some of those articles because Patrick Cantley is a big star of ours. He obviously stayed loyal. He could have gone you know, well, the way Iman Lynch puts it, that he doesn't sell tickets, that he is boring, that like yeah. he took a lot of shots at him in that article. Yeah. That's right up his alley, though. That's what he does. Yeah. Right. He's a, he's a shot taker. And I wonder how long, you know, would you classify Brandle as a shot taker? Yeah, but yeah. I, I actually Brandle does it in a way that is intelligent. Like this Iman yeah. Lynch stuff, like I didn't agree with a lot of the stuff that he said during the whole entire live golf creation. And then during <coughs> the Excuse first me. year of live golf and even heading into the second year. And then this article, I didn't really coincide. Like it didn't resonate with me. I'm just like, okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Good for you, Iman, for creating some fiction fictional article just to stir the pot. That's what it felt like to me that it's like, Oh, there's not enough going on. So he just felt like, Oh, let me get some clicks. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know him well enough. If, if guys would do, if he, a guy like him would do something like that, he must've had, 
you know, I don't think he's going to fabricate that story. He must have got wind of something somewhere, you know, and I'd love to know who his sources are. But like I said, those big time players, I thought were a little bit more button lip than that. So he had to backdoor hear it from somebody. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, we, obviously, we had the meeting last week and not much came out of it. I They had another meeting today. I really didn't. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I really didn't get any reports yet on on it. I think they. You know, I think it was more of a pack board kind of meeting. I'm not sure if it was a full mandatory player meeting, but I did read one article before we went on the air that said that there was really nothing new. And, um, you know, the pack board guys were were very receptive to the ideas and that kind of stuff. I'm surprised we haven't heard anything about Jay's health or or anything like that. I was just about to ask you that. Great think alike. And it's not yeah. even on our notes, but I was going to ask you, no. have you heard anything I, about Jay? No, not not a word. I mean, not a word. Tyler Dennis and another gentleman that I don't know have stepped into that pseudo role um, right now and saw them walking around today. But I haven't. I just think it's, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't start any shit, but I just don't. I just think it's weird that nobody is reporting anything about his health or a little, you know, a memo has come across the PGA Tour to the players or anything like that. So. I mean, you could think, obviously there's a lot of, you know, there's people that think that maybe this is just his gracious way of bowing out and leaving the cards on the table and, and, and having the tour move forward with this new deal with the PIF and him not being involved. But, you know, I, I mean, honestly, you know, be nice to know how he was doing to tell you the truth. That way it could shut a lot of people up. That's for sure. But it doesn't, doesn't take a lot of deep intellect to think that that something like that is possible. You know, isn't it, would it, would it be weird? I mean, just the world work that way when stuff like this happens that you just like, I'm not saying it's true, but that you would fabricate a story or make up a story or like that should happen all the time. It, it happens. I'm so sheltered. I'm so effing sheltered yeah. in my world. That's, that I don't that's know why so many athletes hate the media. I mean, yeah. it was even in the, in the NBA recently to where, oh gosh, who, who said it? Um, somebody destroyed the media um, talking about the whole, oh, my source. It's like, if mm-hmm. you've got something to say, then yeah. put a name behind it. Don't sit yeah. there and go yeah. per per my source or whatever. And I think that's part of the problem with sports media is that we do end up going to, oh, my source said this and you're trying to protect the source, but then there's no accountability on the source. So yeah. that that's one of the challenges behind it. But at the same time, yes, articles get made up like that. And here's the thing. There's no accountability behind that. It's just, and it goes towards your credibility and things along those lines. When you do come out with an article like that, there better be at least within the industry and so forth, some credibility there or accountability of who actually was telling Iman Lynch about this whole Patrick Cantlay coup. And why did Iman Lynch decide to absolutely try to destroy Patrick Cantlay in that article? I don't know. Is there a vendetta there? Is there something that happened between the two of them? Who knows? Patrick Canley doesn't seem like the type of guy to me, and you know better than I do, but he yeah. doesn't seem like the type of guy that's really going to be confrontational. Well, I, I mean, I, I think he would always express his opinions, but he's pretty laid back and, and quiet, and he's not that vocal, and he just goes about his business. I don't think it's... It, it, what a coincidence that Eamon Lynch is never on campus at a PGA tour with some of the shit that he says, because he would get confronted. He's just in the studio all the time. Right. I just think that that's so convenient for a guy like him. And I have, I think he's a great writer. I've, I've read some of his stuff and I've kind of enjoyed it to tell you the truth, but you know, to take the way the things are right now in the golf world, to take shots at a a world-class player like that, you know, I think it's uncalled for, 
you know, and I, yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's classy. I don't think it's classy at all. We don't need, we don't need any of that right now to tell. That's my opinion, man. We need really. peace right now. We need people. We to need come some together. peace. Yeah. We need some clarity. You know, we need some clarity. I, I really need some clarity do. on how Jay's doing. And that's what I need clarity on. Just some kind of a memo or something that he's recovering from this or he's recovering from that. There's just no details. And it's almost like everybody's kind of forgot about him a little I know. bit. Did you see the YouTube comment from our boy in Australia saying he doesn't think no. that Jay's going to ever oh, I did show see face that. again? Yeah, I did yeah. see that. Yeah, that's an yeah, interesting one. That. Well, you never know, right? You never you know. You really don't. Not this day and age. Mm. But as we're talking about some of the different uh, controversies and things that got stemmed up by live golf. And all of this is due to live golf. It was a disruptor in the sport. It sep separated out the sport. It created a lot of drama, a lot of issues, a lot of great media. Um, and let's go ahead and talk about live golf in Valderrama and preview yeah. Valderrama. Have you ever been out there, Bobby, with any, no, anybody? I haven't. <sighs> I have never, I've never been out there. I've heard, <laughs> If you talk to anybody that's been there, any of the European tour caddies, they say it's probably one of the greatest courses in the world. There's trouble on every hole. You really got to play some great golf out there. So I'm excited. I'm, you know, I'm excited for our penny bets that live is back. And it's, it's like they, you know, if this whole PIF thing didn't come up, I mean, when was the last time they played three or four weeks ago? It's been about a month now. It's been a it? month. Yeah. yeah. It's been, a, it's been a month. So, you know, that's kind of weird in there. That's kind of weird in their schedule, but you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I think that, um, you know, from what I heard, it's a super tough golf course. Anybody can win out there. Anybody can finish last out there. So, um, they got it. This is going to be another, you know, I would imagine that they are going to probably get a decent, a really good turnout there with all the Latinos. We you know, obviously Sergio playing there and, you know, Chikara and all the Latinos, Joaquin Neiman, um, I'll put Mito in that group, Carlos Ortiz, you know, so they're, they're, they're probably going to have, a great turnout there. I don't think it'll be anything like Adelaide to tell you the truth. It won't be as raunchy. I think that the Latinos, you know, have a lot of pride and a lot of spirit in their national sports heroes. Um, they like a lot of cervezas, but I don't know that it's going to be like a football or soccer match or anything like that. But I do know it's an unbelievable golf course. I, it's sure, certainly I'll probably never get to go there, but it's, a, it's certainly one of those bucket list ones. For me, that's for sure. And I'll be looking forward to I might actually watch a little bit, honestly, to tell you the truth. But I wouldn't mind doing that because I just love watching those epic, epic golf courses. And it's I guess it's good to have live back. I'm not sure yet. I always enjoy it, but I know yeah. where you're coming from. And here's right. the thing. These might be the final days of live golf. And we'll talk a little bit about that yeah. as we get into the partnership agreement or at least the framework of it that leaked. Uh, but let's go into our nice little golf picks but louder so right. we're gonna make our predictions for the last place team and the last place individual <laughs> so we're gonna start yeah. off with the individual which i get the first pick because actually i won the individual yeah. because you decided to give up our favorite player of all time in c1 kim and guess what i'm yeah. going with you're going to go with C1 Kim. You said mm. it. <laughs> Did you know that he's been grinding? I saw that Dan, I saw that Kevin Na had his whole team over in South Korea for three or four days, which includes C1 Kim, that baller, and one of my least favorite people, Danny Lee, and the long-haired blonde dude, what's his name? Um, uh, Scott Vincent yep. is on their team too. Man, I don't even know who to pick <laughs> to finish last, but I'm going to pick Phil Nicholson. Oh, wow. And he was on the Ryder Cup back at Valderrama back in the day. Yeah, big deal. 
Yeah, that's when he could play. Yeah, that's valid. I mean, he is <coughs> in his 50s. I, if this course is as tight and as hard as I think it is, maybe he's going to shoot a wad. I don't know. But I don't know who else to pick. To I'm so interested truth. because this is a legit golf course <coughs> that yeah. they're playing. And yeah. I can't wait to see that and to really over the three days. And I mean, fingers crossed that you guys make the cut and everything this week. But in, yeah. if you, for whatever reason, do not by the grace of God, and you want to jump on and do that live broadcast of oh, yeah. golf with me, Jesus, we I'd could suck. potentially do that, but we'll, okay. we'll, we'll talk about that at a later. No, I don't yeah, either. I, I think you're trending in <clears throat> absolutely the right direction. And all right, we made our golf picks, but louder for individuals, no. but now we have it for the team, which you get team. to pick first because you won right. the team the last time. I'm going to go with Siwon Kin's team that oh, I always I knew pick. It. Danny Ree, Kevin Na, and Scott Vincent. Wow. Who you got? I absolutely love that pick. Um, <laughs> I mean, I saw, I got to go with the cliques again. Who's on that team again? Oh God, you always ask me that. I do. It's like Martin Keimer, Graham McDowell. Um, who else is on that dang team? Um, oh, we don't need to Dean Burm. Burmester, yeah, Meister, then, Berger, uh, Berger, Meister. There's, there's, there's one other. I can't think. Yeah, of there is. Name. There's four on the team. Yeah. Hey, did you look at the field? I wonder if Andy Ogletree's in still in a spot for somebody. Well, did that's you why I didn't go with Smash. I did think about it for a second, <clears> but with Brooks playing as well as he is, and on top of that, they're playing a real golf course over there in Valderrama, and I really feel like Brooks plays well on real golf courses that are tough. Mm-hmm. I'm not betting against Brooks. I mean, you can go against Chase, um, Kapka, but. That being yeah, said, not I'm not I'm not going down that path, which Ogletree did play in that. DJ is probably gonna play pretty well. I mean, yeah. he's Big been golf bars. he's been in form. Can I say that? Like he he <laughs> on the live tour. He's played and he's played well in the majors. What not really but not I to mean, his he made level. Yeah. That's the problem not with expectations, level. though. Because for him, we look at it as a failure. But if he was anybody else, you'd be like, wow, he played pretty good in both the PGA Championship and the uh, but, U.S. Open. But he's not anybody else. No. Everybody else. He's, yeah, DJ. he's DJ. Yeah, he's DJ. Ain't got a lot of money. <sighs> All right. What else? Bobby, we got the partnership yeah. framework, okay? Yes. The new era of golf, okay? Which... I don't know if everybody loves this, hates it, but wants to be politically correct about it. I mean, Piff is going to be running golf. Um, and here's the thing. As I broke it out, here's my few takeaways. So one, okay, go for it. there's now a partnership in global, global golf. So Piff includes live golf. All right. So if anybody said, oh, this isn't including live, it's just Piff. No, that's incorrect. Like it specifically states including live golf, Two, the new co is the, what they named it really original new co, um, uh-huh. is the name of the entity. All right. Now with that new co will be controlled by a board of directors. <laughs> now this is where it gets tricky. And f- for those of you that are not in the business world and don't understand how a board works and everything, you have the chairman, you have the CEO, and then you put people into spots. Okay. Uh-huh. So with all due respect, Everything states that 
the PGA tour is going to have the majority of the board seats. So Jimmy Dunn's going to take a spot. Um, there's also, hang on, let me go to my notes here. So Jimmy Dunn's got a spot. Ed her, is it Hurley? Don't even know who he is. H E R I L or L I H Y. He's, he's on the policy board. He's the, he is the PGA tours policy board chairman, Ed Hurley. Okay. Okay. He's going to be on the board. Right now it has the CEO as Jay Monahan, but who knows if that's going to end up coming uh, to fruition with his recent medical condition and nobody hearing from him for weeks. And then the PIF governor, which they refer to as his excellency, Yasir right. Al-Rumayan. So he is the chairman of the board. So he's the head of the head, but the board votes. Right. So if anything does happen, the board's going to vote. The one interesting thing that I did take away, though, and we've known about this, not in this much detail, but PIF is going to hold a non-controlling voting interest and they will operate in good faith with the PGA Tour. PIF's involvement is going to include financial investments, contribution of golf related investments and assets and a cash investment to fund the growth of NUCO. PIF will have customary protections and standard governance terms for a non-controlling voting interest, including, and this is the part that gets interesting, including veto and consent rights, preemptive rights for future capital raises. Okay. So basically they have the first right of refusal. So any investment coming in, they basically can say, no, we're, mm -hmm. we're not going to accept that sponsorship, which by the way, the controlling interest is normally always where the money is stemming from. Mm -hmm. And that's where the pundits have kept saying that. Yeah. PJ tour can say all they want, that they control this whole thing, that they've got the majority of the board seats that they're taking on all the votes. But Piff can basically say, and Piff the magic <laughs> dragon, you know what? Um, they can state, no, we're not going to accept that sponsorship and we're not going to accept that. So basically they can, they can really bleed the PGA tour dry if they wanted to technically. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, they're going to have a lot of say in everything that goes on. But also when it comes to live golf, there is going to be, an actual evaluation of live golf at the end of the year and its potential integration into PGA tour and DP world tour events. So mm -hmm. what that's telling me <clears throat> is that you're going to have some aspect of team golf in the PGA tour and on the DP world tour. However, is it going to be live? Mm -hmm. That's the question. Is it going to have the live titling? Is it going to be the live golf teams? This is the part that we don't know, but it does deem that this is going to be reviewed by Jay Monahan and pretty much by Jay Monahan alone in a fair way. So basically live golf has to the end of the year to show that money is coming in and that it can be right. Productive. Profitable down the road. Mm -hmm. The other interesting thing that I saw is that the Tiger Woods League, the TGL League? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, just has yeah. their first owners of the Los Angeles team. Now they got a second owner. Who? The Fenway Group. Really? For what team? Bo yeah, for Boston. Yeah. Boston. Yeah, Fenway Group owns Boston, Pittsburgh Penguins, and somebody else. And they just yeah, but did... what team are they going to be funding? 
Oh man, it was up on social. Rory put it up. Uh, so oh shoot! Mark, uh, I missed that one. Um, yeah, I I don't. Did that I come out imagine. today, Bobby? No, it came out yesterday. Okay. Actually, guys started throwing guys started throwing stuff up. It was weird because I was checking out. You guys got Tiger's pop stroke there in Scottsdale, yeah, in Glendale. don't you? Glendale. Yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah. And then I saw this stuff come up on TGL. God, and and it was Rory put it up and somebody else too. But I I want to say it was it must be Boston. If it has Fenway to be. Group. Fenway Group yeah. is investing yeah. into it. They probably yeah, just Boston, haven't announced sure. what city and what name yeah. and so forth. Yeah. But Los Angeles is going to be an Check interesting one. So I have a Check feeling, by the way, that this is where PGA Tour is going to be really establishing these teams. And maybe these teams move from just this indoor golf league that's going to be happening to mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're going to have an event or two or three. And maybe you even get like an international team and so forth being set up for the DP World Tour in a very similar fashion. So that's well, where I see this going. Well, I, you know where I see it going is I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Liv next year or the next couple of years, but I think he also his excellency his big dream was bringing the whole team format slash F1 style thing to golf. And I think that that's where this is going to transition, where we are going to have a certain amount of events where I feel like it, like Yasser's big thing is to bring team golf to the PGA tour in one form or, or another, yes. you know, that's, that's like his baby. I, I would think in my own opinion. So I would see that happening in the next, I don't think next year, you know, we got a long way to go. We still need, and to that's where live through. golf might live on next year yeah. to yep. give them a full, a third full year to see if they can bring yeah. in the sponsorships and everything under this new entity. And that I would make sense. Right. And then it allows guys to get reestablished back into the PGA tour, pay whatever fines and fees that they need to. Also, if you recall, a lot of those contracts were three years long. Yeah. So that yeah. those contracts are going to expire. So I have a feeling we're going to see live golf next year, but this does pretty much put it in the hands of Jay Monahan. Everybody that said that and like when Jimmy Dunn did that SI article, he uh -huh. was like, obviously he was telling the truth, but now seeing the actual framework, it's written in there. So I fully right. expect that Jay Monahan is going to make a decision that probably with the Osir's influence, but at the yeah. same time, I yeah. think it's going to last one more year just to make sure everybody is okay with everything. Cause you can't leave the live golf guys high and dry. I think that would be a mistake. Uh, I don't know. You think? Well, I mean, I know, you know, I, I was, it's funny. I was talking to an official on the range yesterday and we were talking about, you know, certain guys like not, you know, like Perez, like Perez, you don't want a guy like Perez coming back you know, creating a toxic environment, which he's a special specialist at on the range. Um, this official I was talking to is like, you know, they're going to dictate these fines depending on their behavior and what they said and that kind of stuff. And he had mentioned, you know, Sergio butchering one of their officials on national television last year or last year, TPC Avenel and that kind of stuff. And the reason why I say that is because there's, there's talking about certain guys coming back, have to pay X amount in fines, depending on what, you know, how, what their involvement was, their anti-PGA tour involvement. So this agent that I was telling you, I was talking to on, on the range at Hartford was saying, Hey, they can find these guys 40, $50 million, 40 or $50 million, big deal. Like, and I'm like, what do you mean big deal? He's like, I, I'm just not going to tell you anything, but big deal. So I, I wonder if he was telling me that maybe if they're, if, if 
they're going to find some of these guys 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars and make them sit out for a while. Do you think Yassir picks up the tab for that if Liv goes bye bye and they don't finish out the last year of their contract? That'd be a conflict. That'd be a conflict of interest or or something, so to speak, I would imagine. Yeah. That would. That would be that would be a tough one. I would, yeah. you know what? I think Yasir, what he's probably going to do is make it right with the guys that actually matter. Yeah, like I have yeah. a bad feeling that the smaller guys and the yeah. not smaller, but the guys who don't bring in as much for live golf don't kind of move that needle. I got a yeah. feeling they're going to be a little bit screwed. I, yeah. I have yeah. that Good. feeling. Yeah. I mean, a, a guy like Pat Perez probably yeah. is going to get screwed over because one, I don't know if he still is eligible for that retirement fund with the PGA tour. And Nobody then on knows. top of that, yeah. um, you know, what is that penalty going to be? Is he actually going to pay that? Right. It's going to be real interesting, but that's, that's the framework. So when this leaked, and I broke it all down. Those were the main takeaways. I mean, really the new board and the board's going to be the one making all the decisions. But when you have the numbers and the numbers being in favor of the PGA tour and how many officials that they have on the board. Yeah. That's yep. going to help with a lot of the decision-making and everything. The other thing I found interesting is that the PGA tour and how it operates. And this is the other thing that I don't know legality wise, how you can have a non-for-profit underneath the umbrella of a for-profit business. And that's where they want the PGA Tour to remain the same. And in that framework, it says that the PGA Tour will operate the exact same way that it currently operates today. So not not only as a non-for-profit, but also with the policy board, with the PAC. So everything that the way that the PGA Tour is structured today is going to remain. And that's in the in that framework. So that's a positive for the PGA Tour for sure. And I think definitely a positive being that Jay Monahan gets to be the decision maker when it comes to whether or not Live Golf moves on beyond this year. Um, but everything in there is faithfully, trustfully. So everything is with a grain of salt right now. And all of this can change by the way. So as they negotiate details and everything, a lot of this can change, which is why don't, don't expect this to be the exact way that this is all going to go down in the end, because now, yes, it's the framework, but now all the details get to be figured out between the two parties. And that might be also why, by the way, that Jay Monahan is technically on a medical leave because he might be sitting there working out all the details with Yasir. Uh-huh. So that's another possibility as well, that he doesn't want to have to be and do all the responsibilities that he needs to for the PGA tour, especially with how heated players are right now and Good having thinking. to deal with all of that. So he might be in the background working out the, the details with Jimmy Don and going through everything with the Asir. I mean, we didn't know about the secret meeting and the golf that was being played over in London and everything. So yeah, yeah, I have a feeling that might be what's That's going on now. I like what you're saying. Th- I like what you're saying there. That that makes sense to me. That's, that makes sense to me. Still have no clarity whatsoever. I'd like no. to find something. Out. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to find something. Out. I mean, first things first. Got to play good here at Detroit and try and make the playoffs. You know, that's the big goal. But everybody is. Oh, every- I forgot to ask yeah. you: Is what? SH uh, qualified for the Open yet? No, he's not. Okay. No, we're going to play in the Scottish Open. I am not. I should know this, but I actually think that this is. This might be a qualifier week. I'm not 100% sure. I know the Scottish Open takes two or three guys out of it. So, no, he's not qualified for the Open yet. To tell okay. You the truth. And, so and we're, we're on standby yeah. at the moment. All right. 
I got it. Yeah, we're on standby. So our schedule is Detroit this week, John Deere, Scottish Open, and then we're debating if he doesn't get into the British Open, which would be a huge long shot, to fly all the way back from the UK and go play in in Reno, in Truckee at, at uh, Lake Tahoe, which I'm all for, to tell you the truth, because it's, you know, it's not a high, the, obviously it's a bunch of great golfers, but it's not, it's a very low caliber field for the PGA Tour, and it's somewhere where, it's somewhere that he could win, to tell you the truth. You know, if I had my way, but there's a rule against it, I would try, like, if you could do it, I would try, like, hell to talk him out of going to play Lynx golf you know, in the Scottish open and staying over here and playing Barbasol. But if you're qualified for an upgraded event like that, you're required to play in that. You can't just cherry pick and say, no, I'm going to play in the easier event, even though I would love for him to do it, you know? So that's our, that's our, man, we're winding down the year. We only got like seven more tournaments to play or something like that. It is gaining, it's gaining fast. Well, Brad Friedman, our social media guy, he mentioned to me the other day, he goes, Hey, are we still going to go up to Napa and go to Silverado? I was like, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. like, you know, that's only like a couple months away. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Second week of September or something yeah. like that, or the first week of September. I think it's that it's one of the writer. Yeah, I think there, I think it's Napa. And then I think the Ryder Cup comes up. We don't do anything for a couple of weeks. And then we go to Vegas and Jackson, Mississippi. We go through that, that little run, but I'm trying to think right now. So we have, we have, okay, let's count. We have Detroit, right? We have next week at John Deere. We have the Scottish slash Barbasol, that's four. The British slash Truckee, that's five. Minnesota, Wyndham, that's seven left in the season. Seven left in the season, and then only 70 make the playoffs this year. So, yeah, it's got to be that Memphis, first or second week 50. of September. Yeah, it's got to be the first week of September for sure. So, we are winding right down around the, the corner, tour. Bobby. Yeah, I'll be seeing you yeah. in Napa. <laughs> yeah, oh, wouldn't that be fun? I love Napa and I love that golf course. And SH Kim played pretty good there last year. I hope I do think my guy, though, if he plays pretty good here and he makes the playoffs and he gets into that top 50, I don't see him playing more than maybe Napa in Vegas. He's getting married in December. He's getting married in oh, December. Congratulations, in Korea, so. SH. Yeah, so. So he's looking forward to that. And he said, told me today, he goes, gosh, I miss been over here so long. I miss Korea. But, you know, I felt you feel bad for him because you just take it for granted. You know, he's a superstar in training. You know, his standards are a little higher than where he is right now on the points. I always want to say FedEx Cup list because it is to me where he is on the on the points list. But then you got to think, too, you're like, yeah, man, this poor guy's traveling around every week's a different hotel. He doesn't have a home. His wife's here. You know, he has no family here whatsoever. I mean, the Koreans are friends, but other than a random once a week dinner where they all kind of feel like they're they need to go with each other. It's not like they're all close or hang out with each other or anything like that. They're actually quite ruthless trying to beat each other. You know, so I was feeling a little sappy for him today. You know, that even though you got a lot of money and you're a professional athlete, that there's some things that are missing in your life. So he's going to have to dig deep and see if we can play some golf. And I told you, I got a really good feeling something good's going to happen to him. So let's keep our fingers crossed on that. Love that. Well, Bobby, we went through, yeah. I mean, we, we recapped the Travelers <laughs> Championship. We previewed the upcoming Rocket Mortgage Classic. Yes, which we did. You're going to absolutely caddy your heart <laughs> out out there, which yes, I, I absolutely love. We we discussed him on Lynch's controversial article about Patrick yeah. Cantlay. We had our uh, Live Golf 
preview, yes. which basically yes. was just our golf picks, but louder, which yeah, exactly. I absolutely love. And then we had yep. our uh, partnership agreement uh, with the new framework that had leaked out of the PGA Tour and PIF. And uh, you know what? I feel bad because it's like the stepchild that doesn't get enough attention with I hate to say this, but with the DP world tour, it always gets yeah. dropped off of all the media <clears throat> stuff. So I'm just going to give it a little bit of credit here. DP world tour. You're included in this. Okay, bud. Yes, <laughs> you are. You're part of the family. You're part of the family. It's funny. You say that if there was any tour that was hurt, you could say we were hurt the worst by live, but if there's any tour that was hurt the worst by live, it was the DP world tour because I know golfers left and right all over the world. And I scan down those leaderboards and I'm like, I never heard of three quarters of these guys, you know, and I've usually heard of three quarters of field, not, not heard of three quarters of field, but hopefully things will get up and running for them in the next year or two, two with this big marriage going on. Got it for, and for our audience, if you enjoyed the show, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure to leave us comments because we love hearing from you. We absolutely love interacting. And as you can tell, we bring it up on episodes and we discuss it live on the podcast. So definitely leave us some feedback, leave us some comments and definitely subscribe, follow, uh, you know, all of that good stuff. And if you'd like, if you like the show, go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcasts or on Spotify. If you don't like the show, just keep it to yourself. Like your mama said. So there you go. That's our closing remarks for today. And Bobby, thanks thanks again for another great episode. And I hope you have an awesome awesome week out there in Detroit. Thanks buddy. We'll check in with you next week. Take care, everybody. Sounds good. Thank you for tuning in to Season 2 of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and go to www.pullhookgolf.com for more information.